On today's show, we uh, try to sift through what we saw in Orlando over the weekend. The good, the bad, all of it. We'll dive through that. Also, some interesting comments from Giannis after that game and a preview of tonight's opponent as it is a Milwaukee Bucks game day. We take a look at the matchup with the Chicago Bulls. All of that coming up on Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Bucks. I am Justin Garcia, joined by Camille Davis, and we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. We're free and available where you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code, all lowercase, LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Uh, Camille, we start with Saturday as we touched quite a bit going into that matchup. I know we had talked about it earlier in the week, too, when you said the schedule in front of the Bucks. The Pacers present a pretty obvious challenge with the way that they play and what some of the issues we've seen from this Bucks team early in the season are. But really last week, you looked at the Pistons matchup and the Magic matchup, and on paper said, I don't want to look ahead here, but these should be two type of get-right games for the Bucks. Obviously, Damian Lillard did not play in that game against the Magic, but the issues were far beyond just not having Damian Lillard on the floor. That's a fact. And it's one of those ones where you're like, well, where where do we even begin when recapping that magic game? The Bucks looked out of sorts. The first quarter was pretty good, even active defense where I was just watching the guys and I'm like, we're deflecting passes where where we're supposed to be at. It looks good so far. And then the second quarter, things just all started to fall apart for this Bucks team, just completely out of sorts. So many offensive rebounds given up. And for this Bucks team throughout the whole game, just so many fouls. Like, we're used to the Bucks being the team that's going to the free throw line over and over and over. And against the Magic, it was the Magic's turn going to the free throw line over and over and over, where the Bucks are just haplessly watching. And it's just kind of like not used to this. And when the Bucks did get opportunities to go to the free throw line, they weren't converting them at a rate that uh, would would bring anybody comfort, really. And you pair all that in, you pair in the fact the defense started falling apart. You look at the fact they kept following the Orlando Magic. They were getting out rebounded. And then Jay Crowder gets injured as well. And it's kind of like, okay, we were already without Dame. Chris is on a minutes restriction. And now we lose Jay. And although Jay's numbers haven't been outstanding, I mean, he's averaging only like eight points a game at this point. And, but he's shooting at such a high clip on a limited volume. And on top of him being able to knock down his open shots, I mean, he's been crucial to this team defensively. And that's part of why you've been seeing Jay close out a lot of the game. So without Jay in the game, Griff was forced to even do more even wacky stuff. And Griff's already pulled out some wacky lineups where I'm kind of like, didn't expect to see this. And in that Magic game, you saw quite a few. I mean, we got some Chris Livingston minutes. We saw Ajax. We saw Marjan. We saw AJ Green. We saw the Nasses. We saw the Nasses even get out there and make Extended some Extended Nasses, yeah. 
some stops on defense at the end of that third quarter, I believe it was, where he just went straight up vertical contest, got a block, straight up vertical contest. Here comes Andre Jackson Jr. with some help. They get the ball and they're running the other way. They didn't get any points off of that, but it was just interesting to see. We feel like we're at a point in the season where we're just kind of throwing different things at the wall and seeing what will stick. And at the early returns just seem like it's a lot of chaos within this team and rotations and schemes. Like that's the best way. I can, it just doesn't seem like guys are fully on board and knowing what they're doing. Uh, but if I had to try to find some type of bright light from all of this, it would be the fact that in the minutes that Andre Jackson Jr. did get, um, he looked like the kind of guy who could fit into the scheme. And it could just be the fact that the Bucks roster in itself um, is just devoid of so many of like young athletic guys that when you see one, you're like, wow, like, I, I just want more of this um, in the rotation. And I think that Andre Jackson Jr. is on his way to doing that. He had a career high in minutes against the Magic. And again, part of it is because there was no Jay Crowder. Chris is on a minutes restriction. There was no Dame. So we're just throwing some things out to see what can happen. But like I was encouraged from his minutes. I'm still encouraged by seeing what Marjan has been able to do in his time on the court. And it just seems to me that we're going to need more of Ajax and Marjan going forward and a little less of some guys who we've leaned on pretty heavily in the past. Maybe Pat Connaughton, although I don't think that Pat had a bad game in Orlando. It's just kind of looking like we need some juice. We need some guys attacking boards. We need some guys who can stay in front of defenders. We need some guys who can be strong at the point of attack. And it seems like with the roster as it's currently constructed, that who we have to do that, your best bets are Andre Jackson Jr. and Marjan Bochamp. Yeah, so the the young guys conversation, I know I've talked, we've all talked about it uh, a few times here in that, I'm with you where I continue to be encouraged by what I see, especially from Andre Jackson. Uh, Marjan has continued to get better. I think we've talked about, we've joked about the the fact that the biggest leap he needs to take is literally off of one foot instead of two. We did see that, but now we got to consistently start to see it. Um, For me, it's it's the little things that are going to take time too. Like, you know, as he continues to get those minutes, which is very important right now, and that's why... You know, it's it's one of the bigger changes is seeing some of those minutes and matchups that Marjan is getting, but he does need to get better. And this isn't to single him out. I think we've seen a lot of it with the team in in the absence of Drew Holiday is showing quite a bit, but he he needs to get better at navigating screens defensively. Uh, But other than that, you've you've continued to be encouraged there. Andre Jackson is the same deal, but, you know, it, it is worth pointing out that I think when you look at the way that that Griff clearly wants to play, and you know, by the way, the Magic game was another one. I know it was, I don't know if I'd say out of hand, but the score was getting up there. That mm-hmm. it's another game, and Eric Name asked him about it afterwards, where we did not see Malik Beasley or Brooke Lopez closing the game. That he was going more uh, with guys that it seems like he started to trust a lot more, and that fit this system more. And with these young guys, you think back to obviously summer league and the work that they put in over the summer, but they're the ones that played all the preseason games. And this is in the case of Andre Jackson and a guy like Chris Livingston, this is the only system they know for Marjan. It was one year under bud system. So it's not quite as much of that, you know, mental memory that you have to, to break up there with the rest of the guys, it's a big ask, and it may not seem like it, but you know, you think about doing your job, 
for the last five years. And it's, well, I do this and then I do this. And when this happens, I do this, that it just becomes repetitive. And now all of a sudden, it's a new boss who says, hey, everything you did, we're going to do about a third of it, but I want you to do this instead, that you get into this mental aspect of, wait a minute, do I do this next or do I do that? And I think that's where we've seen a lot of the Bucks defenders. Obviously, uh, age is a part of it too, and you you do have to wonder, the way Griff wants to play, is the roster really constructed for that just mm-hmm. yet? But I think that's a big reason why we've seen these young guys look as apt as they have, at least on the defensive end. Couldn't agree more. And thinking of your point about doing the same job over and over, I mean, even on a lesser scale, we've both been on lockdown books for a while with Kane. And it's still different in that hosting seat and doing all the other pieces with that. So like, and that's not even a far departure from what we were doing. So I can imagine what it's like for this Bucks team who has been so used to running drop, so used to their offense running a certain way with everybody lining out five out around the perimeter, getting used to what this new system entails. And one thing that was really interesting to me during the magic game and the broadcast, it was mentioned over Valley sports that apparently Giannis, he was saying like, yo, I I want to see Andre Jackson get more minutes. And hearing that over the broadcast, I was just kind of like, wow, like that's really interesting to me. And he single-handedly called him out. was like, the man brings energy and effort. No, that's not just a kid. I'm not trying to bring back bad memories with the energy and effort bars, but like, he's like, he hustles on defense and I can trust him. And you saw that in that magic game where he's just always around the ball. He understands the hustle he understands his role first and foremost and one thing I started thinking about was I wonder if Griff we know he started trying things out in his own scheme and these guys don't seem to quite fit that scheme properly but I do wonder if part of it is that he wanted to give his vets first go at it like hey I know the order of things and how this goes bet you get the first shot at this and as time continues to go on and we're seeing some of these other bucks get more minutes where it's like We've seen what you're doing in your time here, but now we're seeing what these young guys can do. And I'm having more evidence to continue to push up their minutes because we see that what they're doing is a better fit at the moment. Um, So I do wonder if part of it is that where it's like, I'm just giving these vets a chance and they deserve the first crack at it. And we're going to continue to see, I think, minutes adjust based on what guys are able to do and how they're able to fit into that scheme. And I mean, one would wonder in itself, like, is that necessary? Why don't we just continue to do what you said you would do in your opening press conference, which is not tinker with much, bring it back out the same way, let these guys play in a system they're comfortable in. Um, But on the same time, the flip side, we've seen some detriments to the system when it comes to playoff time. And I think it's a positive to be able to run various schemes at various times because in the playoffs, you're going to need to do that. It's just that what is the base defensive scheme of the Milwaukee Bucks at this moment? What is the base offensive concepts of this team at the moment? I think we still have some questions around that as well. Yeah. And look, I I don't think the um, fifth starter debate question is, uh, is going to go away anytime soon. I think we both talked about it. And um, look, I think we're seeing even more that a guy like Andre Jackson and, you know, one of the things we mentioned too with Marjan is you started the season the way you did with Malik Beasley as the fifth starter, because I think a lot of it too is a carrot to dangle in front of some of the young guys that if it doesn't work out, number one, you don't know what it's going to do to their confidence to yank them from the starting lineup immediately. 
and potentially go back to them later. So to the point you just made of giving the vets the first crack, I think that's a lot of what we saw or are seeing, I should say, with Malik Beasley as that fifth starter. But the more time has gone on, I I think we've seen enough numbers. and, And I think a lot of us were skeptical of this from the onset to just back up. Look, I think you're best served with Malik Beasley coming off the bench as more of a scorer and not to say, hey, you don't have to play defense at all. But it is worth wondering, too, you know, he's taken on those defensive assignments. And we both mentioned he has at least been a willing defender. He is not going to be Drew Holiday. Nobody expected that. But he's moved his feet and he's been engaged on the defensive end. But I do have to wonder how much of that has limited his offense, too, because when you look at his game logs, you know, he had 20 points in that game against the Raptors, but that game was well out of reach. And same with the Hawks game. Those are his two highest scoring games of the season, and they were both blowouts that the Bucs suffered. Didn't score against the Magic. Didn't score uh, against the Knicks. Five points in the opener against the uh, Sixers. Five points against the Heat. He's had a very, very minimal impact on the offense, and I think part of that just comes down to let's try to match up these minutes more where we're asking him to score coming off the bench, and we can pair him a lot more with Giannis. Pairing with Giannis, even thinking of backcourt parents, if we are going to look to get more minutes from Amarjan and from Andre Jackson, where it's like, okay, well, let's pair you with one of these guys because, I mean, one of the knocks against Andre Jackson is the offensive game. No ability to score, quote-unquote, was on the scouting, the scouting report for him. So, I mean, a big piece of that is like, what if you have your minutes where you're tying, you know, Andre Jackson, not a complete tie, but – when Jax is out there, you put Beasley next to him. So, again, it takes some of that defensive defensive pressure off of him. Um, but he has somebody next to him who can kind of help pick up that slack a little bit more. I think there's, there's a rough outline, I think, on this team of different rotations and staggering and pairing certain guys together that we haven't seen on a very consistent basis. And part of that is with injury. Part of that is with Chris's minutes restriction. We understand that. And not having Dame the last two games, I mean, that throws a lot of rotations out of whack in itself. Shout the campaign, though, uh, for what he was able to do in that Magic game, but it's still not the exact same. So I do would like to see some more tinkering um, with the pairings there between some guys and see how that looks. But at the end of the day, I have full faith in John Horst. Um, he's been able to turn a lot of nothing into something for this Bucks team over the years. So I don't think that if things continue going the way that they do, that the Bucks will have a quiet trade deadline. Uh, yes, and, and uh, John Horst has had a way of constantly finding these moves that uh, that none of us imagined would be possible these uh, these last few years. We mentioned Jay Crowder. Uh, I do want to get to that, uh, especially as we move ahead to looking at the Bulls game, because to no surprise, Jay Crowder is going to be uh, out tonight. So examine that and how long we think this could be with a, a groin issue that Jay Crowder suffered against the Orlando Magic. But first, we need to tell you about Prize Picks. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It is just you against the numbers. So instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Basketball season's here, as we all know. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So, for example, you could take 
uh, Damian Lillard and Romeo Dobbs for three-pointers made and uh, touchdown receptions at five and a half plus and uh, and see where you go from there. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance policy. And we also have to ask them if they can look into unfairly ejected, if you can get insurance on that as well. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use promo code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use that code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 all through prize picks. So, uh, Camille, we mentioned uh, just before that Jay Crowder is out tonight. I don't think that's a surprise because, especially early in the season, when you see any type of muscle issue or a groin issue, my immediate thought Saturday when when getting that that news from Bucks PR that he left with a groin issue was, I don't know uh, if we're going to see Jay Crowder at all next week. That you have four games played this week, and again, how early it is in the season, and the fact that he's a veteran as well. That's part of it when you're leaning on a lot of veteran guys on your team, uh, the injury concerns, right? And as soon as I saw the groin, I was like, I, I don't think we're going to see him early this week, probably not for a while. And you have to be careful with those types of muscle injuries where they can linger or they can get yeah. um, exaggerated or re-injured if you're not taking it slow enough. And those are the kind of injuries that can reappear as well. So you want to be very cautious with him. So um, don't expect to see Jay this week, like you mentioned, definitely didn't expect to see him today. So when I saw the injury reports last night saying that he was already out, I was like, this makes a lot of sense. It was good to see that Dame was probable and looks like he'll be good to play. But the Bucks really are going to miss those Jay Crowder minutes. And he's been putting in starter minutes off of the bench. So what they do to fill up that time is going to be really interesting. But it might be one of those things where um, maybe this is the optimist in me, but it's a thing where it's kind of like this opens up the minutes for some of the guys that we've already talked about. It's a more natural way to get them into the lineup to be able to see what they're able to do with small time. Because if you can show that you can prove in, you know, 10, 15 minutes, um, all that's next is to see if you can do it in 2025. And if so, then you can really carve out a strong place in the rotation. Well, I don't know that you're allowed to to be the optimist because Frank already has that covered on this show. But I, I, I thought the same thing that you mentioned, too, of, look, Jay has been one of those trusted guys from grip that, you know, he's been the guy we saw start for Chris Middleton, and we've seen him close all of these games as well. So my first thought was Andre Jackson, honestly, that Marjan is probably going to see an uptick in minutes. But this is opening the door for Andre Jackson to continue to play in some of those scenarios we just talked about uh, a couple of minutes ago. We'll take a look at the rest of the injury report and uh, preview the Bulls game in just a second here. But uh, we do have to get to the defense and more of what we talked about against the Orlando Magic because we mentioned the slow start. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bucks are still the lowest scoring team in the first quarter. Jay Crowder talked about this about a week ago after practice when uh, he had said, look, for whatever reason, we just we don't get off to a fast start. And especially in our losses, we dug ourselves a pretty big hole. When you think back to that Hawks game, 
And of course, the Raptors game as well, the Magic game, no different, where the Bucs hit their average. They scored just 25 points in that quarter, um, but it's both sides of the ball. We mentioned the defense that they've worked through. Offense is is what's jumped out in that opening quarter where the Bucs right now are shooting a league worst, 25% on threes, and they're third worst in overall field goal percentage. Their offense has just not kept up with their opponents, and we're seeing the Bucs get into this big hole in the opening quarter. It's It's been every game played thus far, even in wins. It's not as if the Bucs are getting off to this terrific start. They've gotten off to better starts, and really uh, opening night was the best that we saw. But outside of that, it's just been a struggle in the opening quarter. Basketball is a game of runs. It's understood, but it's very difficult to consistently win basketball games when you're the team that has to continuously chase the opponent because you're down in a big hole. It takes a lot of energy to dig yourself out of that. And even with that Pacers game where we saw the, the big Giannis game and it was amazing to see that comeback in action, but it takes a lot of energy out of you to get back into that position to be able to win the game against the Magic again the first quarter. They got off to a slow start, but their defense was able to kind of keep them in the game at that point. And then the second quarter, everything just kind of fell apart for these guys. And now they're looking at a double uh, digit deficit going into half. And that continues to grow throughout the game. And again, you lose Jay Crowder, you lose another key rotation piece. You don't have a lot of Chris Middleton minutes to use in that second half as well. So now it's kind of like, well, what, how are we going to do this? You don't have Dame, so you have to figure it out. Because one thing about this Bucks team, although we've had all these different problems, is that we've seen in the clutch, they're able to really turn it on. And part of that is because you have a Damian Lillard running your offense. And it seems like down the stretch, they give him the ball a little bit more. They trust for him to make those decisions. And with his shot-making ability in the fourth quarter in particular, it works out. Giannis has been outstanding defensively throughout the year. He was my preseason pick for defensive player of the year. So far, feeling pretty good about what his he's been able to do individually, but it's not showing up so much in that team concept because the guys are still getting beat despite Giannis making spectacular plays or great rotations, big blocks, putting up big points. So without Dame there at the stretch for this past game against the Magic, I already had concerns. And then it's kind of like, okay, we were able to get the lead, I think, down to like 10 or 11 in that fourth quarter. And it's kind of, okay, we're coming. And then it just stretches back out again. And when you're playing from behind, you don't have room to make a lot of errors. You don't have room to have empty possessions. You have to get a stop, and then you have to continue to score. And that's been the equation that the Bucs haven't been able to quite figure out so far in the season. Giannis uh, spoke up about the defense uh, to our pal Eric Name after the game. I want to get to those uh, comments and uh, get your take on how small of a sample size is too small of a sample size? When do you really start to to pay attention to um, to what we're seeing here? Because some of the Giannis comments, no surprise, and I think it's it's what we've heard a lot of uh, Bucks fans say the last uh, couple of games. But time to tell you about Jace Medicals. We spend a lot of time together. You, me, Frank. We get fired up together on wins and losses. Who starts? Who sits? I'm thankful that for that connection. And today I want our chat to be a little more personable. I just learned you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means. Bring on extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics, uh, 
or Cialis, Viagra, Revatio, and this is all possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. And remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for an additional discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half, and I ordered most of my daily meds with a year's supply. I also ordered antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com, that's J-A-S-E, to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. All right, Camille, Giannis after the game had uh, a lot to say about, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but what he said. I think matched everything that we have uh, said for the last couple of weeks, certainly what Bucks fans have uh, have said even more so the first couple of weeks of this season. He talked with Eric Name after the game and was very blunt. We have to take it up a notch. This is not who we are. This is not the Milwaukee Bucks. We got to guard people. Um, again, it all checks and it aligns with everything that we've said thus far. So I'm going to be very curious as we move into uh, looking at the Bulls, what this team looks like tonight. We mentioned Dame Lillard is listed as probable. Jay Crowder is out. Those are the only two injury notes for the Bucs uh, right now, as we sit a couple of hours away from that game. And uh, the the G League guys out as well in uh, Marquise Bolden, Chris Livingston, and Ty Ty Washington. So I would assume Dame Lillard is playing not only that he's listed as probable, but you're not going to have Chris Livingston, uh, Ty Ty Washington uh, available to you. And the Bulls have yet to submit an injury report. This is day two of a back-to-back for them. But hearing Giannis say that and seeing the way this team looked against the Pacers, where, again, we're, we're still searching for that first game that's four complete quarters from this mm-hmm. team, I'm going to be very curious to see what this team looks like Tonight, and I, I suppose famous last words, but this is another Bulls offense that on paper, I know you have DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine to contend with, but on paper, it's not a particularly fast-paced team, and it's not one that takes a ton of three-pointers that all the things we've seen this group struggle with, this should play into the Bucks' strengths. It should, theoretically, <laughs> Speaking, oh, we've of said court. that twice now in the last what, three games. So, yeah, but the the thing that you have to respect is the fact that Demar Derozan and Zach Levine are buckets. Like, there's there's no really other way to say it. Like, it might not be a consistent thing where you're like, oh, I know every single night I'm getting 30, 35 from Demar. I'm gonna get 30 from Zach Levine. It can it can spike. They can have off days. We've seen them. But the thing is, like, when they get hot, they can really start to cook. Detonate. And when, yeah. yeah, and you look at this team and you're like, well, who who matches up with Levine and DeRozan? Who can stop them um, if they start to get cooking? And again, you're looking at Beasley. You're looking at, you know, <laughs> Marjan. You're looking at Pat. You're looking at, you know, Andre. So y- your options there, you're like, we have to see who can slow these guys down. Even some Chris Middleton minutes as well. We've seen him be effective against DeMar DeRozan in the past, but like you have to slow those two guys down because that is the head of their offensive attack. Like 
if you can't do that, it's going to be a very long night for the Milwaukee Bucks. And you're going to be looking at a situation where it's more of an exchange of buckets on both ends. It's a track meet between the Bucks and, and the Bulls here. And that's not something that I'm personally all that interested in seeing as a Bucks fan. I would prefer, you know, for a great defensive showing against the guys. And you mentioned the Bulls don't have their um, injury reporting at this point, but they are on second night of a back-to-back, so they should have some tired legs. And in addition to that, I don't believe we're going to see Alex Caruso tonight. Um, he was out uh, their game last night, and I heard their coach make mention of the fact that, you know, we're going through a pretty grueling stretch right now, and we're really trying to get him right for the rest of the season. So it seems to me like they'll be without Caruso, which is one of their big defensive aces in the hole there. But I mean, they still have Javon Carter to throw out there to try to annoy Damian Lillard. And that's going to be a matchup that's going to be kind of fun to watch um, seeing Javon come back to Milwaukee after leaving us this season for the Bulls. So like you said, on paper, um, there's not a lot there where it's like, oh, this team moves really fast and, you know, we got to keep up with the pace. But the Bulls do force a lot of turnovers. So that's something else to be aware of for this Bucks team. They have to take care of the ball. They got to make sure they can slow down DeRozan and Zach Levine and make their nights tough. And hopefully this can be a get right game for that defense. But if it's not, I wouldn't be surprised because, again, those two dudes are buckets and it, it's hard to stop once they get going. You can have a hand in their face and they're still knocking them down when they're in that zone. One of the things you mentioned uh, about the magic was a big part of this. We talked about this on the, the post game show on the network was it was a couple of areas that you really singled out where the magic just seized control of this game um, points off of turnovers. They were plus 13 over the bucks, 20 points that they scored. The bucks scored seven free throw line. They got there 35 times and the magic do get to the free throw line quite a bit. So it was one thing you were kind of leery of going in is it's a new scheme where there's going to be more fouls. And this is a magic team. Despite the fact that I don't think you would look at any of this roster outside of Paolo Bancaro and say, there's a gifted scorer here. Um, they get to the line quite a bit. They were a plus 18 on the bucks in free throws in that game. So plus 31, in those two areas alone, and then plus 18 on second chance points. That that's where they dominated mm -hmm. the Bucs in a game where they just hit 10 threes and the Bucs only hit nine. That was the difference in this game. With this Bulls team, a lot of similar traits, at least by the numbers, to this Magic team, with the exception of free throw shooting. Despite having DeMar DeRozan, they do not get to the free throw line hardly at all. They're in the bottom 10 in the league. They're in the bottom 10 in the league in three-point shooting and the amount of threes they take. This is the third opponent in, what, four games or so where the Bucs are facing a team that only takes about 30 threes per game with the Pistons, the Magic, and now the Bulls. And they're not a great shooting team, period, with their effective field goal percentage, their field goal percentage, true shooting, all of it in the bottom 10. So, again, you may regret this, and it could be famous last words, but this is a game where even if it's fool's gold, we should leave looking at the defense and say, okay, I saw them take a step forward tonight, even if it's just the Bulls unable to get out of their way. And the one thing you mentioned, Andre Jackson, uh, look, it was preseason. I get that. And there's not a whole lot of takeaways from preseason games. But in that first preseason game of the year, when we, we saw our first look at Andre Jackson, he was defending DeMar DeRozan, and you could tell he stayed with him, but you could tell DeMar was really just the, you know, the story J.J. Redick tells, too, about preseason when he was defending Joe Johnson and, and went up to him during a timeout, and Joe Johnson just kind of said, what are, you, what are you doing? I'm just trying to get up and down the floor and get out of here. Like, 
don't stop trying. It seemed like there were some of those vibes with DeMar basically just going through the motions and Andre Jackson looking to, to show off what he can do. But especially with no Jay Crowder and the fact that we saw in the preseason, I do wonder if we'll see even more of Andre Jackson tonight. And he's the guy that gets a lot of uh, DeMar DeRozan. Golly, I hope so. I hope that's the case because, again, we've, we've talked about this roster a lot over the last few weeks. A lot of it was inherited. There's a few different new guys in the mix here. And, again, Andre Jackson is somebody who, theoretically, Bucks, or if Bud was still the head coach, he probably wouldn't have been drafted because he doesn't fit into the scheme that he does. So upon drafting Andre Jackson, it's kind of like, okay, what direction are we going in with this team now where this guy actually fits what the Bucks are looking to do? How does this fit next to Giannis, somebody who we know is a non-shooter? So you would think that in a situation like tonight where Andre Jackson Jr. just came off of a career-high 14 minutes against the Magic, there's no Jay Crowder, Chris is still on the minutes restriction, that this is a game where we're going to see at least 15 minutes of Andre um, on the court, which is what I hope. And again, another part of that is just because we are in a very tight crunch with our salary cap, right? So the Bucks have to start hitting on some of these young guys. So part of the optimism around me of like, hey, let's run out Marjan. Hey, let's run out Andre. It's like, we need some hits. And tonight could be a night where you're like, okay, I see what we might be able to have here with Andre or with a Marjan. So again, could be famous last words, but here's hoping that when uh, me and Frank come back for post game for tomorrow's episode, that we're talking very positively about how many minutes they were able to get and how they were able to contribute and what we hope is a Bucks win. Well, look, I, I feel like based on what we've seen, we, I think it's to the point where we know this with Marjan. It's very early. It's, it's, nine games. I, I don't even recall if he's played in all nine of them, but it's less than 10 games for Andre Jackson. But it does seem like it's it's trending towards the more we see from him. I at least feel comfortable in saying I think these two guys are are at the very least rotational guys. Okay. And that's really the biggest thing is you think back to that decade or so after Giannis was drafted and, and essentially everything in between Giannis and Dante DiVincenzo there wasn't a whole lot. It was basically Malcolm Brogdon, and you couldn't even find rotational guys that you were able to develop and do so on those rookie-scale contracts. So to your point, that's going to be big for an aging team with Giannis and Dane both on the Supermax, with Brooke Lopez making $25 million, with Chris Middleton's a contract, that, that these guys are going to be big. The last yeah. thing is um, I did want to mention, because we've seen a lot of it, and um, – Frank talked about this or, or tweeted it out to the other day. We've seen a lot of comparisons to 2021. And I've been guilty of that in the sense of talking about how much change that group went through, that it wasn't until really the all-star break that it, it felt like they were figuring things out and they looked like the group we envisioned them to be. I think we're going to be on the same timeline for this team that it's, it's going to take time. We keep mentioning that on the radio broadcast. It's not going to be an overnight fix. It's not going to be 10 games or 20 games. This is going to take time. But the tweet that Frank sent out, I think a lot of people have, have already pointed to, well, they started five and four in 2021 as well. Difference being, they still had a pretty good net rating and they had some impressive wins early in that season. And I, I haven't checked lately, but by the numbers, I would assume the Bucks expected win loss this season would either be two and seven or three and six. 
I believe it is two and seven. Um, when I last checked, I believe it was around there, which again goes to that net rating and the difference between this team and the team that we saw in 2021, where it's like when they did win, they were winning convincingly. Big blowout wins. We haven't seen that from this Bucks team yet. All the wins have been in those clutch time situations where it comes down to that last quarter, really trying to put the other team out. And I would love for that this conversation to kind of break that habit or the trend that we've been seeing with those close wins. And we finally get to see the Bucks have a blowout win where in the fourth quarter we're able to have some of those garbage time minutes and see even more, you know, Andre and Marjan. And we don't have Chris Livingston tonight, but just seeing more of those guys get some minutes at the end of the game in a victory celebration type of way, victory cigar type of way, uh, rather than a garbage time in the Bucks we have no chance of coming back. So let's just continue with this rotation that we currently have. And the, the other thing is you mentioned no Chris Livingston tonight. We did see him in Orlando and it's probably a good thing that uh, he was not assigned number 21 because with the hairstyle, it was easy to look at, like, wait a minute, is that Drew holiday? And, and look, he's a guy too. And in, in the people that I've talked to um, around the college game, very polarizing. A lot of people think like, hey, I like this guy's prospects in the NBA because of his body, his physicality. I think he's going to be able to defend up. And a lot of those traits similar to Drew Holiday as well. Then you have the other half of not so much. I, I just don't see it offensively. So he's another one of those guys, though, that going to be interesting to see what we have here in, in yeah. him and as he continues to develop throughout the course of this season. Uh, Camille and Frank will be back to break down this Bulls game. Hopefully we finally get that uh, that blowout or at least a wire-to-wire -wire win for yeah. this group. I'll, I'll settle for that as well. Hey, I'll settle for four quarters where they at least don't have that one poor quarter. If the Bucks can score and do so efficiently in the opening quarter, that's a big step in, uh, in getting to where we hope this team goes. So Camille and Frank will be back with the post game that uh, you'll have tonight and uh, tomorrow morning. And then we'll do another game preview of uh, the dreaded rematch, the revenge game that the Bucks Ooh. have in Toronto, trying to uh, erase that from their memory. The, the first time those two teams met, we'll, uh, we'll get that to you Wednesday in time for the Bucks and Raptors game Wednesday evening. For Camille, I'm Justin. We will talk to you later on this evening.